blue wire. Blake Griffin has been traded to the Detroit Pistons. Blake Griffin turns, drives, lays it up, lays it in. Reggie Ford, got it. Turns, fires. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to Pistons versus Everybody, the Detroit Pistons podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am your host, Lazarus Jackson, and I am joined with you tonight by uh, the host of the Busted Header podcast, uh, fam- infamous Reddit user. I think that's that's fair to say. Hal Bridius. I'm not going to use his government because he did something once upon a time and uh, it's just better that way. What's up, Hal? Uh, it's great to be here. I've been a listener since episode one. You know, it's been a long time. I've been waiting for my shot. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm so excited to be here. I appreciate, I appreciate the listens. The love is, is what keeps me going and doing this. So I got to ask you before we get started though, what does Halbridius mean? Does it mean anything? It means literally nothing. I like, I was like 10 and I wrote like a little like fantasy novel because kids do that. And I picked that name. And then like a few weeks later, I needed a name for RuneScape, I think it was. And it's just never taken by anybody. So I've used it for everything ever since then. It's just like your AOL chat, your Hotmail, your Gmail. It's just everything. 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 <laughs> if if you are on any service ever and you search for a Halbridius, it's going to be me, only me. And if it's not there, it means I'm not there. I like that. Okay. So, Hal, the reason I brought you on tonight is because the Pistons have played two days and like they played two games in like seven days and they lost both of them and they've lost five games in a row. And there's been a whole lot of talk about the season being over and there's been a lot of talk about how we should blow it up. And so I want to talk about like what, what what's going on? What's what's going on in the in the world of what might be the future? And so we are going to talk about the Grand Rapids drive for 30 minutes. You ready? Yeah, well, I didn't want to talk about the Pistons, so that's good. Yeah, no, me me neither, quite honestly. Uh, the drive won 96-91 tonight. Uh, Pistons' first-round selection, and I think the youngest player in the NBA, Sekou Dumboya, had 13-6, and six, and he is obviously the guy that we're going to focus on tonight. And uh, prior to tonight, he had been averaging 18-3-1 and one on 50-40-90, uh, which is crazy to think about even from a G League perspective. So what what about Sekou uh has been so like efficient? Because the thing that you would expect from an 18-year-old kid, especially one as offensive talent as talented as he is, is that he's just like gonna go in there gunning um and that's how he's gonna get his points. But if he's shooting 50, 40, 90, like that's not the case. I think he's not getting the kind of touches you would get to be a gunner. They're mostly given that the the volume of touches are going to Jordan Bone and, and Lewis King. So he's really only getting touches in good positions to to do something, either a post-up or kind of a slashing opportunity off the catch or a catch-and-shoot look. So I think that's helping keep him efficient. To be honest, the numbers kind of surprise me because it hasn't felt like he's been that sharp as to be a 50-40-90 guy. But um so far, he's. I guess it really is just him making pretty good decisions on the offensive side of the ball. So what are so if they're not featuring him as a primary ball handler? And I've watched, I've watched some of the drive this year. I, I've confessed I have not paid as much attention to to Seku's development as maybe I should have. But he's not 
necessarily featured in the offense as the primary ball handler. You're right, that's Jordan Bone. He will get the occasional like isolation possession every now and again, but but how are they how are they utilizing them if he's if he's not handling the ball a lot? So he's playing mostly the four and the five for them. He is actually playing a little bit of five, which has kind of been weird because that's not something I expect him to play with the Pistons. And it's kind of interesting that they're giving him those reps at all. But uh, a lot of it's been um, he's been the screener for like pick and roll situations or pick and pop situations. He's getting a lot of his threes off pick and pops. Um, He's actually doing a lot of stuff as a cutter. Um, He's getting some looks on like out of bounds plays as like the guy coming off screens and stuff, which is kind of interesting. I didn't really expect him to come in as a catch and shoot player like that, like off the move, but he's getting some of those looks. Um, a few isolations from the top of the key. Mostly that's just kind of within the flow of the offense. That doesn't seem to be something they're going to. Um, more often than that is the the post-ups. They'll punch it into them a little bit. But uh, it, it's generally been a pretty varied uh, offense, but mostly a lot of... of um, he's, he's playing a lot of the four, so you're getting a lot of those, those screener actions. So... I guess the other thing is then like what from what I've seen from Seku and what I remember the scout on Seku is is that he's played is he likes to get out in transition he likes to get out and finish in transition has he been able to do that at the G League level? Um, I I would say yeah he when when he does get out and when people are looking for him and finding good playmakers who are looking ahead is always an issue especially in the G League but um I mean he's definitely shows off his athleticism then and he can finish pretty well he's he's shown. Uh, pretty good touch with both hands actually he finishes with his offhand a lot which is really nice uh especially in transitions so uh he's he's been pretty good he isn't the guy who has like he's not the guy who's getting steals and like busting out way ahead of everybody and throwing down massive dunks or anything that's not really been who he is yet but when he gets the opportunities he takes advantage does he like to drift left a la like tobias harris used to or still does but not in detroit anymore um he doesn't I wouldn't say he drifts left. He uh the one weird thing is that he is a guy who really likes to turn over his right shoulder for some reason, which isn't what you'd expect and then he so he'll finish with his right hand a lot, but then he'll in the post he likes to turn over his right shoulder and finish with his left. And there's some some idiosyncrasies there, but uh he doesn't he's not really the kind of guy who like drifts left and like does pull-ups and stuff instead of getting to the hole or anything like that um not like tobias used to certainly how, how does he look when he's uh shooting off the dribble because we talked about him he's a better off movement shooter than we thought he'd be he's a better shooter off the catch than we thought he'd be can he put together like dribble combinations and shoot from three-point range yet or is that something that it's going to take some time i haven't really seen him shooting off the dribble much usually if he's yeah. shooting off the catch he's still getting both feet set he's not doing those like jj reddick leaners you know mm-hmm um it's still mostly he's getting he's coming in he's pivoting into a into his position he's setting his feet and then he's getting a shot off if he's shooting uh off the dribble it's because some guy backed up way too far and he's getting that you know the the kind of thing you might see um like one of the Gasol brothers shoot you know where it's like okay well you're gonna give me six feet eight feet I might as well pull this he's he's not really dribbling into shots that often if he puts it on the ground he's trying to get to the rim Okay. 
So you mentioned he's played a little bit of small ball five. Have they just been using him like similarly as a screener? And who who are they playing alongside him if he's the five? If he's the tallest guy in the court, like who who are they playing with him? Um, they've got a couple of of like defense first forwards that they're playing. Um, Khalil Iverson played a little bit who's a guy people might remember from wisconsin who like literally doesn't score at all he doesn't do anything on offense um they've got a guy named treshawn thurman who's kind of the uh athletic four that does a little bit of stuff but really i think it's mostly that seku is the second tallest dude on the team and they just need somebody to fill in when Dante hall isn't playing so uh i think it's an easy way for them to get him minutes i think they kind of want him to get some experience in the drop system so i think this is an easy way for them to do that Ah, okay. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, they're not doing anything like really interesting with him at the five. It's it's not like they're this is some death lineup that they're busting out or anything fun. Okay, yeah, that that was what I was thinking, right? Like if you're doing something weird like five out and like Todd Withers is playing the four or something and you're just like flying up and down the court, that sounds interesting, but it doesn't sound like they're doing that. No, I I think it's it's more of an an accident of roster construction. For early on, Adam Woodbury, who's their other center, did not play at all. And to be honest, I'm kind of surprised he does play at all because he's not fun to watch at all. Yeah, I, I saw the uh, the game against the uh, the Knicks, the Knicks G League affiliate that I watched. He was a uh, he was not very good. No, um, sorry. So yeah, we've we've talked around this, and I've been not wanting to bring it up as much. But something that you and I have both noticed and talked about is that uh, Seku needs some work defensively. What what specifically? Uh, in your mind is the primary thing should Seku should be focusing on, on, on the defensive end. It's just being aggressive and attentive at the same time. Um, he's really pretty solid in one-on-one defense. The uh, last couple games have been against the Westchester Knicks who have uh, former Michigan player, Ignis Brasdakis, who's a pretty good, like all around scorer, kind of a three level scorer who can get to the rim and everything. And Seku's done really well in that matchup one V one. But anytime he's floating out on the wings, he really is just floating out there. He can be back cut pretty easy. Um, when he's the guy who's supposed to tag a roll man or supposed to dig in from the wing, he really doesn't make an impact doing it. He kind of goes through the motions on it. So, um, yeah, it's just he's he's got to be several beats faster, not just a beat, but several beats quicker on certain reads. And then when he makes a read, He's got to be making it with the intent to make a play more often than he is. Is he is he able to play like passing lanes? Is he able to leverage his length at, at the four? He's got like a seven foot wingspan, I think. Or is he more like uh, Tony Snell in that we we know he has long arms, but we never quite see him use them? Uh, I mean, Tony Snell is a guy to me. I think Tony values trying to play a ball denial defense a little more. Like he plays a lot with his back to the ball a little bit. And Seku just kind of stands in the corner and doesn't do a lot, which is kind of the problem. Um, there's a lot of, like, Seku not even with his arms outstretched in the passing lane kind of stuff, which has been kind of interesting because that's not what I remember at all from watching his film coming into the draft. I don't remember this kind of floaty behavior ever. I, I, I sort of remember that being a critique of him prior to the the draft process like really getting started that not necessarily uh specifically on defense but just that he had a lot of uh volatility in his game and that combined with his like extreme youth that that was kind of scaring some teams off so i'm not 
shocked to hear that, but I'm I'm just wondering I'm just wondering like how much of that we can expect to see moving forward. Is it I'm wondering if it's if it's doesn't know how or won't. Yeah, I it's one of those things coming into the draft, what I was hearing was he had stints of this, you know, a couple minutes of of lazy play or whatever you want to call it. And the strange thing is it's felt like it's the default early on. So that's where it's like does he just need a coach to get on him a little bit about this stuff? Is it a communication barrier thing? Um, I, I don't have an answer yet, but it, it's definitely something you'd expect to tick up because I can't see how he would be like this all the time and get away with it. Okay. So we know Dwayne Casey is a coach who very uh, heavily prioritizes defense, even with uh, what we've what we've talked about on, on that end from Seku. Uh, do you think there's a chance we see him uh, sometime in the future? Uh, not necessarily when I say sometime in the future, I mean like in the recent future, not necessarily like in like March or April when I assume we will definitely get a look at him, but is, is the G league the, the best place for him right now? Or do you think he should be with the big club or what do you think? Given the defensive struggles, I think he might as well be in the G league because he's definitely not getting on the floor for Dwayne Casey. If, if Christian Wood can't, and he's the kind of guy who gives, too much effort usually like he's he's trying too hard i don't see how seku's gonna make Dwayne casey happy that's fair i mean i i I understand why a lot of pistons fans would be be very disappointed to hear that at this current time but from again from i've seen like five fewer games than you have but from what i've seen so far as well like that also makes a lot of sense to me and like again this should be fine he's 18 like this I I was guilty of thinking that he would be more ready than he was perhaps because he did play professionally and he had been playing professionally since he was 15, but he's still 18 and there's still something to be said for needing to learn how to play the game of basketball before stepping on an NBA court. Yeah, if he was doing this stuff in February, I'd be a little more concerned than I am right now. I expect this to be mostly some growing pains with the transition more than a serious long-term issue. You ever see an untucked button-down? It looks bad. Why? Because it wasn't meant to be worn that way, just like flat out. Thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button-down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or your shape, Untuck It shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. And with the holidays near, there's no better gift for your favorite guy who needs an upgrade. I am I am my favorite guy. I, I do need an upgrade. The untucked button-down shirts are really hot. They get it gets hot down here in the south, and so you you try and tuck the untucked shirts into your pants, and then it gets like it gets real hot, and you're, you're not a fan of that. But then if you untuck it, it looks really baggy, and if you iron it, it's straight, and then it gets it gets less straight, and you just like you look like a pillow. Like it 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 doesn't work. Like I'm legitimately glad that like untuck it offers a, a valuable service to the community you can enjoy this service by finding your favorite untuck it style online or checking out one of their 80 brick and mortar stores you can choose from styles like wrinkle free button downs super soft flannels outerwear and more with untuck it your shirts will never look baggy bulgy too long or too big again i hate it when it look baggy i hate that 
and their website is super easy to use. They have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untucket is the way to go. Visit untuckit.com and use code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T dot com, promo code BLUE, B-L-U-E, for 20% off. Guys, like, trust me, like, you, you want the Untucked shirt. Like, those, those things look good. Okay, so that, that is 14 minutes on Seku Dumboya. You are welcome, Pistons fans. Uh, the other two guys I really wanted to bring up were the uh, were the two two way guys. Um, the, I think the guy who holds more intrigue right now for Pistons fans is Jordan Bone, um, partially because uh, he's he's very athletic, he's very dynamic, he's very uh, good in the pick and roll, but uh, also because the Pistons are down uh, were down as many as three point guards at, in the not too distant past. And so, what what have you seen from Jordan Bone in, in his time in the G League, Hal? I've been pretty darn impressed so far. He when he came in, my my first thought watching him in Tennessee was that he was kind of a very mechanical point guard. He went through the motions a lot. He didn't feel like a very instinctive guy. And then watching him in the G League, he's making every pass you could ask for. Obviously, he has this athleticism. He's converting the shots he's taking. He's currently shooting 47% from 3, which was a big question mark. Um, it's actually kind of strangely shooting 67% from the line, which is not something he did in college. So um, he's already at the point where I'm thinking he's too good for the G League, and it's just a question of when can we see him in the NBA and when can he get a chance to prove whether this is all real or not. So is it just – so when when I watched him, I was also impressed, but my thinking was more that – there's there's no one in the G League athletically that can prevent him from getting to the spots that he wants to get to. And like that is what's really driving his success. Do you think with the do you think with better NBA athletes, do you think with a higher level of competition, he'd still be able to make all these reads, still be able to make all these passes? Well, he is the top percentile of athlete himself. So if he if if a slight bump up in athleticism changes everything for him that's a problem but it's also something you would think over time could be rectified because there's no reason he shouldn't be able to you know drive that said he's making passes right now he's making passes that are to the far corner off very subtle digs in and stuff from help defenders and reading a lot of cues that are pretty advanced pick and roll cues that i did not think he had um so that's the kind of thing normally you, you're in the G League to develop that kind of vision and then you're hoping to translate it to the NBA. If he's already got that kind of vision and we already know he's the kind of athlete he is, it's to me just a matter of putting him out there and letting him prove that he can he can translate it to the next level. Is it, is it possible he could do this in his final season at Tennessee, but because they played so much through a Grant Williams and through an Admiral Schofield that he just didn't get a chance to show it? Or this is just like literally it was not seen in his time in Tennessee? Well, they weren't running the kind of spread pick and rolls that are running for the G League. So, um, right. you know, he's getting paired with a guy in um, Donta Hall who is a legitimate a seven foot guy who can go up and, and climb a ladder and throw down lobs and all that kind of stuff. So he's got a legitimate pick and roll partner. He's got pretty good spacing with some of these lineups uh, to work with. 
So he he's being given the keys to a pick and roll offense. For, I think for probably for the first time in his career, and clearly taking advantage of it. Okay, and so I guess then the the same question about uh, the same questions that we had about Seku, we we should ask about him then. How has he looked defensively? Because ultimately, if he's if he, even if he's continues to play that well offensively at the G League level, the the defense is what's going to get him on the court. So how has he looked uh, on that end uh, down there? I want to see more of him because I haven't I haven't watched enough yet. I've been concentrating so much on how Seku and some of the backline players are, but. Um, Bone was pretty good at Tennessee. He's got the the size and athleticism to defend any of the guard positions, and he's pretty good in one on one situations. There's some stuff getting around screens and stuff where his uh, technique can improve a little bit, but he's not a bad enough defender where I'm concerned and think that the, it would hold him back from getting the NBA debut. How tall is he? He's what six three, Something like that, six yeah. three wingspan. Yeah. Okay. So he's got guard size. So it's not, it, it's not that he would be undersized uh, defensively no. for, for, okay. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Now, now I'm in curious because I, I, again, I need to take longer looks at these guys, but um, you know, from what we've seen so far, like Bruce Brown is now the starting point guard for the Pistons. And until Reggie Jackson returns, it looks like that's, that's the way it's going to be. And I've kind of, very uh, flippantly offhand, like dismiss the idea of Jordan bone ever, ever uh, being called up this season because he was picked 57th and he's a 21 year old rookie. But if he keeps up this level of play and isn't like a sieve defensively, that that doesn't sound unreasonable. I mean, the, if there's one position in the, well, if there's two positions in the G league that like can immediately come up and contribute at the NBA level, it's point guard and like center and so it, it makes sense that a guy like Jordan Bowen with with uh, his athletic measurables and uh, with his newfound, apparently, ability to make reads out of the pick and roll, it makes sense that he could see time in the not-too-distant future with the Pistons. Yeah, especially given that Tim Frazier is not impressed and Reggie Jackson's hurt until who knows when. Yeah, until further notice, essentially. Yeah. yeah. The last guy is, is Lewis King. I know... Uh, I actually asked when I had I had Cole Zwicker on the Detroit Bad Boys podcast to talk about uh, all the wings in the world besides Seku because at that time I had, I had no idea that Seku was going to drop to fifteen. Uh, when I asked him about King, he just basically made a joke about how he had zero feel for the game. But uh, King has put up some really good numbers in the G League. What what have you seen from him? Well, I was kind of in the same boat as Cole, where I I basically graded King out as low as I can grade people I, I i saw him as a guy who a is severely underweight for his um for his position i mean he's he's absolutely made out of sticks um and i just well he's he's only like 19 though, yeah right? he is very young he's he's also one of the younger players from the draft but it was it was just one of those things where i was like i saw the build and then i saw he's a kid who clearly wants to be kobe or wants to be tracy mcgrady you know that's just kind of the, the play style he has, there's a lot of getting into the mid range and a lot of, um, a lot of floaters, a lot of, uh, like post ups and, and stuff like that. And he just didn't convert them that well. And it was like, okay, if I've got this guy who's underweight and maybe playing with just that kind of style, I, I didn't love it. And what I'm seeing in the G league is he's converting better. He's making better shot choices. Um, despite his lack of bulk, 
He's got excellent rebounding timing, really, really good instincts for high-pointing the ball, and he's got a pretty good second jump, so he's been a pretty high-volume rebounder. Um, he's, his three-point shot isn't falling at a great uh, percentage right now. He's shooting... Where's where's my stats? Uh, Lewis King is shooting... So he's only shooting 25% from three, but it looks pretty good, and he's the kind of guy who can create his own shot off the dribble when he wants to. So he's one of those guys where right now he's only shooting 42, 25. Uh, he's shooting 93% at the line. But uh, if he can get his offense to a, a more efficient point, he's got legitimate three-level scoring that is going to keep him in the NBA. Hmm. Okay. When I did my like very mild like look at Lewis King, the thing I liked from him the most was his ability to convert from the corners, but it, it in in like a in a three and D role, but like not necessarily as a as a great like defender or anything, just as like a guy who in in like the same way I like Svi as like just a guy who makes a lot of open corner threes. Like that was what I saw from Lewis King. But it sounds like he's uh expanded his role a little bit in Grand Rapids and and converting at a rate that uh seems sustainable. So like that's that's good news, I guess. But you know if he's he's nineteen, he's a wing. He's a three level shot creator. I don't know, like this. Uh, I'm I'm trying to picture like if he if he thinks he's Kobe, and he's not. Like I'm trying to think of like who he comps to. There's there's a lot of Jason Tatum vibes. Okay. Um, but again, the the shot selection has been significantly better in the G League than what I saw in college and it's it's to the point where he can hit the catch and shoot shots now um or at least he attempts them he's he's still struggling with the percentage but they look pretty good but he's also he's getting in to uh he's getting to the rim a little better when he when he pulls it down off the catch and uh, like does a pump and go kind of thing when he takes the mid-range shots he's he's taking them uh, he's not like fading away on as many shots and just like he's taking better quality mid-range shots and he's added some really nice stuff like he's got a little floater game and everything from like nine foot range even so he's just he's added a lot more tools and he's got a pretty good handle for a long lanky wing so uh i think jason tatum was a was a good comparison someone brought up on the pistons reddit so okay how, how is he as a passer? Because I know that's when I think of, uh, you know, comparisons to Tatum, that's what I think of is uh, right now his limitations are as a passer, kind of what's uh, hurting as much as the the Celtics are playing really well and he's not really like hurting them. But like that, that lack of vision is uh, kind of acting as like a soft ceiling on his ability. So how is King as a passer? Similar. He uh, he'll move the ball when he's doesn't have a, an option. And or if it's like part of a play, he moves the ball. But once he starts looking to score, he's looking to score. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, those are those are the three main guys. Is there anybody else that Pistons fans should should be aware of during this uh, five game losing streak that they might see? Uh, well, Donta Hall remains the uh, he keeps the tradition of having a really good center going. They uh, they had um, Johnny Hamilton. They had Johnny Hamilton last year, and they had Landry Noko the year before. Oh, that's right. And, I really liked Landry and Noko. And Landry Noko was a monster. 
and he went overseas. I think he's in the Bundesliga now, the German league. Um, and I, I think he's doing okay there. Um, I don't know what Johnny Hamilton's doing, but it's it's one of those things where they just always seem to have a really good pick and roll defensive center, and Dante Hall's doing that. And it was one of those things where I was like, especially uh, when you're watching Thon and uh, Christian Wood out there, it's like, okay, Dante Hall is actually a good defensive center. Does he get you know a ten day contract to prove that in the NBA? Because there's there's some potential that he's a better option than those two at times. Um, Craig Sword is maybe not that great at uh, basketball overall. I still have some issues with Craig Sword's game, including the fact that he can't shoot threes, but he's crazy athletic and puts down 360 dunks in transition. So that's really fun to watch if you're watching a drive game. Um, And then Todd Withers is great. Everybody loves Todd Withers. Craig Sword is like the the quintessential like dude you're thinking of when you are thinking of a G League player. Yes. There's just like... It's like this guy is like it's like this guy's a pretty good player like but there's like two things missing and for his case is that he's wildly inconsistent and doesn't play defense. It's like yeah. Yeah. Okay. That guy's that's probably not an NBA player. But otherwise very fun to watch. Yeah, but he's really fast. He's really fast and he puts down great dunks and that's all I care about. When Craig Sword's in there for those bench minutes it's like he's going to lurk in the passing lanes and I'm going to get one really great highlight dunk. That was Again, who was the guy who was on the team last year? I'm really bad at this. Um, KJ McDaniels. It was KJ McDaniels oh, two years ago. Yeah. Where I was like, yeah. KJ McDaniels is not a great NBA level basketball player, but he's really fun. Man. So, okay, I'm going to give you like two minutes. Like, extol the virtues of Todd Withers. So, if you think of a glue guy, Todd Withers is the glue guy for, you know, for the drive. And he's, uh, He's one of those guys, he makes, uh, he's currently shooting 23% from three. If he was shooting 36% from three, he'd be an NBA player, no question. He defends, he rebounds, he makes really good, um, he doesn't get assists, but he moves the ball really well. Um, He generates some steals, he gets blocks, runs in transition. I mean, there's nothing Todd Withers doesn't do. He can handle the ball better than you'd think for a stretch four. I have nothing but praise for Todd Withers. He's so much fun to watch. And it's, it's it's actually making me sad now because he's on the bench unit, so he's not playing with Se- Seku and, and Jordan Bone as much, which is disappointing. Oh, man, he'd be so good next to Jordan Bone. Yeah, Pistons fans will remember Todd Withers as the guy finishing all of Bruce Brown's assists in Summer League. That's who Todd Withers was. And he was on the, uh, he was on the, the preseason roster for a little bit. Uh, was it? Philly that we played where Todd Withers got minutes because Todd Withers is from Philly. It was one of those games. That sounds about right. I think that was also like the second to last preseason game. And yes. So they, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that works. That makes sense. Okay, Al. We we have talked for approximately a half hour about the G League. Uh, is do you want to give me like a quick summary of uh, any Pistons thoughts you have just like lingering or lingering around in your head after this uh, five game losing streak? I'm just sad. I'm just uh, seeing uh, seeing Blake come back and not be Blake is very sad because if he's not healthy now, I don't know when he's going to be. Yeah, and he's not going to get healthier, right? And if he can't get healthier, and if he can't figure out how to contribute at this level, that's just that's just a really sad moment for everyone. I think all across the NBA. 
Um, yeah. And then I, I'm still enjoying Andre Drummond, but it's it's been really frustrating watching Andre Drummond play through foul trouble. I don't I don't want to take over your podcast with my ref talk, but it's been exhausting watching that. That's kind of ruined some of the last couple of games for me. Um, but yeah, I wish Blake yeah, was healthy. You, 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 uh, your distaste for uh, inconsistent and improper refereeing, like borders on the like sanguine. Like I don't know how you do it. To to pull people behind the curtain a little bit, I'm a programmer and a game designer. So my whole life outside of basketball is about writing rules for people to play within. And so when I see sports, which generally have rules that were written for the way the sport was played 40, 50, 60 years ago, and tools for officiating that are made for then, and the way we use like modern tools like replay and stuff, it's just, it's not the way if you were to wipe the slate clean and build sports officiating from the ground up right now it's we don't do it anywhere near the way we would and it gets very frustrating that basically the only reason we don't do that is that we have referee unions and everything that people want to keep their jobs and yeah it it makes me very sad but yeah no totally understandable i did not know that about you and so that does kind of help things slide into place a little bit all right, Hal. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, tell the people where they can find you, where they can find your your work, as it were. Tell them about the Busted Header podcast. Let them know. So we mentioned this in the beginning, but you can just search for Hal Bridius on literally everything and find me somewhere. Twitter, Reddit included. Uh, the podcast that I'm on most of the time is called The Busted Header. Some episodes I recommend you listen to. Other episodes I don't. Uh, we're still training my co-host Chris Webster in how to be on podcasts. So wait, how how am I supposed to know which episodes I'm supposed to listen to and which ones I'm not? You wait for me to like say favorable things on Twitter. <laughs> when when I warn you that I did all the talking, that's that's like this late latest episode was was a rough one. We're still working. We're still working on Chris's podcast personality. It's getting there. We'll get there. All right. Send them to me. I'll, I'll straighten them out. <laughs> but uh, you can find that hopefully everywhere you find podcasts. If you can't find it, let me know so that we can fix that. But yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> glad to be on. Thanks for having me, Les. No, no. Thanks again. And of course, uh, I'm Lazarus Jackson. You can follow me on Twitter at Last Chance. That's at L-A-Z-C-H-A-N-C-E. Uh, you can also find my podcast, this podcast, the podcast that you are listening to right now, anywhere you find good podcasts. You can find my other podcast, the Detroit Bad Boys podcast, in all of those same locations. And if you can't, you should also contact me because something has gone wrong. Uh, just like the Pistons season, something has gone wrong. Anyway, uh, <laughs> this has been Pistons versus everybody, and we will talk to y'all next week.